Hello and welcome to The Two Dyspraxics. I'm Barbara Neal. And I'm Matthew Munson. Today we're going to talk about, well no we're not actually, we're going to play a game because we like playing games, don't we Matthew? Oh yes, um, mostly with your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, right. So um, this is called How Could I Lie to You? And the, the rules are pretty loose I think because basically we're making this up as we go along. But um, <laughs> we're, we're definitely not ripping off um, would I lie to you? No, I had to think about it. No, 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 no. Which is one of my favourite TV programmes, I must say. But um, we're definitely not ripping that off. It's not the same. Definitely not the same. Absolutely not. So, how could I lie to you? Basically, we make, um, we'll take it in turns. Uh, no, that's not quite right either. <laughs> well, we will, we will, but it's only one turn each. Yeah, we, and, yeah. Uh, yeah the, the turn is that one person does it first, and then the second person's turn is after the first person's yes, turn. Yes, that's it. That's turn-taking, as you've never heard it before. <laughs> so we make a series of statements about ourselves and or our lives, and one of them is a diabolical lie, and the other one has to work out <laughs> which is a diabolical lie. So shall I kick off then, Matthew? Yeah, go on then. Yeah, 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 I'd be interested to hear yours. Right, okay. Um, statement number one, I once officiated at a hand fasting ceremony. Statement number two, I used to have a kitten named Mythophotheth. <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh, don't laugh. No, okay. It might be true. <laughs> statement number three, I once had my leg in plaster for six weeks after stepping awkwardly off a curb. <laughs> Statement number four. When Rob and Jim were at primary school, I once sewed Rob's name tags into Jim's uniform and vice versa and had to do them all again. And statement number five. My dad was once in a gent's toilet with Ina Sharples. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so you can ask me a few questions if you like, and I could sort of elaborate on some of them. Right. Um, well, I mean... I'm intrigued about... Can you remind me just of the first one? Yeah, yeah, sure. I once officiated at a hand-fasting ceremony. Ah, right. Now, now, can you tell? explain that to me a little bit more? What, what right. is a hand-fasting ceremony? Okay, it's a kind of... Um, I suppose it's a common-law wedding. So it's not the wedding that is legally binding... Mm. But it's when a couple want to make a commitment to each other. And it's, you know, um, jumping the, the broomstick, you know, when people used to say living over the brush, which is when um, people were living together, but they weren't married. Yeah. And so it's because there used to be a ceremony um, back in days of yore when um, the couple would jump over a broomstick. And that would mean that was their commitment to each other. So a hand fasting is when you normally have cords or ribbons and you have someone officiating which, um, you know, just basically getting the couple to make their vows to each other. And then you wrap the cords or the ribbons around their hands while their hands are clasped together. That's, that's with each other. That's, <laughs> they're holding hands. You know, you're not tying them up. <laughs> well, you know, we know the judge. <laughs> but they're holding hands and you, you wrap the ribbons or the cords around their hands. And that's, actually known as a hand fasting. And I once um, had the honour of um, 
officiating at the hand fasting. So I did the, you know, you will now state your vows, you know, and talking to the um, congregation and wrapping the ribbons and cords around their hands. That's the first one. Oh, okay, that's intriguing. Oh, see, I, I, I think you know, I mean, it's a good way, I think you know too much about that for it to be false. Okay, well, that- just to put this in context, I once underwent a hand fasting myself. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, just to put uh, a cat among the pigeons there, so ooh, so you can take your assumption. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, Barbara. Um, <laughs> right, okay, then I, I withdraw that slightly. Um, okay, uh, number two was... Number two, I used to have a kitten named Methuffethuth. No, no, what, what's the story behind that name? Methuffethuth, well... <laughs> um, right, okay, um, it, it's like this. Hang on, I'll just have a quick sip of water while I think about it. <laughs> 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 I think I may have. Right. Okay, Methuffethuth. When my brother was young and silly, he and his friend used to go off on flights of fancy, and one of their flights of fancy was to invent um, places. So they invented a planet once that um, they said was full of soft consonants. And it was the planet Methuffethuth. So when, <laughs> so when I had he, he was such an idiot. <laughs> they both were. <laughs> and um, so when I had a kitten years later, I thought Methuffethuth would be a really good name. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Um, my last question to you then is. What the hell was your dad doing in a doing couples? <laughs> what what is going on there? That, right. I need to know more about this. Right. So you know of Ina Sharples, presumably. Yeah. And okay, for anyone who doesn't know who Ina Sharples was, she was one of the original characters in Coronation Street. She was viewed as a battle axe, I was I suppose you could say, couldn't you really? Yeah. Um, but very well known at the time. And um Okay, so um, my dad worked for a company many years ago. Um, Right, okay. Yeah, when I was a child, there was a radio programme that was called Workers' Playtime, and um, it was on the BBC Light programme, and there were lots of those. There was Housewife Choice and Music While You Work, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They all had very similar sounding theme tunes, but I'm going off at a tangent now, so I'll, I'll come back to the point. And that is that, um, yes, um, workers' play. T- no, it wasn't. It wasn't workers' playtime. It was. Yes, it was workers' playtime. <laughs> was once recorded at the place where my dad used to work, and mm. Violet Carson, who played the part of Ina Sharples was also a very good pianist. And Wilfred Pickles, who is someone else who the older generation might remember, was appearing. I don't know quite what he did, but Violet Carson was playing the piano for Wilfred Pickles at this recording of Workers' Playtime. 
but um, it must have been a cold day or something because her hands were cold and she needed somewhere, she needed a way of warming them up. So my dad said, well, there's a gent's toilet just here. If I come in with you and make sure there's no one else in there, you can wash your hands in the gent's toilet. So that's what happened. See, I think that that does have the ring of plausibility about it. Um, Obviously, I never had the pleasure of meeting your dad, but from what you spoke about him, he certainly sounded like a character. And it certainly, (laughs) if, if he was anything like you, which obviously he was, I think that's the sort of thing he probably would just do and say, oh, come in here. So I think it's entirely possible he would he would do something like that. Right. Um, okay. Stepping off a curb um, and and putting your leg in plaster. For six weeks. Six weeks. I mean, yeah. you are dyspraxic, so... Awkwardly um, off a curb. I didn't fall over. I just stepped awkwardly off the curb. Oh, oh you just stepped awkwardly. Oh, Okay. Mind you, yeah. well, like I say, dyspraxia does do that to a person sometimes. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And what, what, sorry, Barbara, what was the last one? Um, the other one was when Rob and Jim were at primary school, I once sewed Rob's name tags into Jim's uniform and vice versa and had to do them all again. Okay. I, yeah. See, see again, that's something you you might do in the confusion of trying to get something done. Yeah. Right, they were at the same school, so the uniforms were, well, obviously not quite the same size, but they were identical in all other ways. Yeah. Okay, so we've got, let's have a think. I think, I think the second one, I, I think, so I think, I, I, I think the hand fasting is true. Right. I think the hand fasting's true. I think it's entirely plausible you could have stepped stepped awkwardly off the curb um and, and done something to your to your foot. Um yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with your with your second one. I'm gonna go with So your... So which one which one are you saying is the second one? The the oh sorry the second um the kitten. I used to have a kitten named Mythophagus. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I, I Quite frankly, Barbara, I don't believe you. I think that's the odd one out. Okay, so are you absolutely certain you don't want to have an opportunity to change your mind? I'm not certain, but (laughs) I'm nervous now. I think I might have got it wrong, but but I'm going to pig-headedly and stubbornly stick with my choice. Right, so are you ready for me to reveal the diabolical lie? Go on, then. Or or shall I reveal it after you've done yours? Oh, controversial. Oh, yeah, oh, God, yeah. I, I, I can't cope. No, tell me now. Tell me now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The diabolical lie is as follows. Mm. Here it comes. Okay. Just, just building a bit of tension. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I can't cope. Right. right. The diabolical lie is when Rob and Jim were at primary school, I once sewed Rob's name tags into Jim's uniform and vice versa and had to do them all again. That never happened. No. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sorry if you think something that could happen. Oh, no. So you had actually a cat called... I, can't I had a cat called Mesophithus. Yes, I did. Bless his little heart. Well, I have to say, Barbara, what a brilliant piece of acting on your behalf in that case. Thank you. I bought in for that. <laughs> oh, good. I'm really pleased about that old fruit because that was a plan. <laughs> Damn it! So, so there you go. Yeah, Mythophysus. He was a, a sweet little thing, beautiful little thing. 
didn't live very long, bless him. Mm. But um, but yeah, he was a lovely little thing. And he you was had, called Mesophysis. You had quite a few cats. I, I remember you had your beautiful cat Ashcroft, which I yes. was your meeting. Yeah, Ashcroft. Oh, he was such a character, Ashcroft. He yeah. really was. So bless I miss him. him very much. Bless him. Good one. So Good. right. So without further ado. Okay. See if you see if you can lie through your teeth to me and me not pick it up. Mm, okay. <laughs> right. So my first one is. Um, <laughs> I just suddenly looked at this first one. And I thought, well, I don't know why I put this one down actually because you know, I think you know this one. <laughs> That's not how it works. But never mind. We'll, we'll press on. <laughs> I am a published writer. Um. I was once technically a stand-in for the Queen of England. Um, I am colourblind and can't see the colour beige or turquoise. And I once wanted to become a doctor, but the sight of blood makes me queasy. Ooh. So, what was the, if we can go through them one at a time, yep. if that's okay. So, what was the first one? So, I'm a published writer. You idiot. <laughs> I, know. I don't know why I did that. Of course I know that's true. <laughs> why? You know, I, I was I was so I was so chuffed with myself. I was I was doing these early in the morning before before Brian woke up. I thought I'm just going to do because I knew we were in this. And I thought, oh, I know that's a good one. And I thought, no, no, it's not in these circumstances. Such a right. Okay, so so it's definitely not that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Next. <laughs> so the next one, next one was I was once technically a stand-in for the Queen of England. Okay, I think that could be true <laughs> because uh, because I know I know that you used to work as a civil servant. Mm. So if there was a royal visit or something like that, and I can just imagine all the um, preparations and right. Munson, you go stand over there where um, Her Majesty will be. Yeah, so so I think that could be true. Okay. This isn't my final answer. I'm just ruminating mm-hmm. at the moment. So, yeah, so so that could be true. And what was the next one? This one is, um, I am colourblind and can't see the colours beige or turquoise. That sounds a bit suspect to me, I have okay. to say. Yes, that does sound a bit suspect. And the next one? Uh, is, I once wanted to become a doctor, but the sight of blood makes me queasy. Um. I know something you once wanted to become. It wasn't doctor that I know of. <laughs> oh, that's my idea. Yeah, so uh, mm, not sure about, I think, those second two. So, so okay, can you just tell me the background story behind, I think I've blown it now because I've given you a good, massive clue for this one, um, the background story behind once standing in for the Queen. Yeah, <clears throat> so that one was... Um, years ago uh, you're absolutely right I used to be a civil servant and uh, in uh, Margate uh, near to where I live um, and indeed you've been there Barbara the, ter- the Turner Gallery Turner Contemporary yeah. Art Gallery um, when it very first op- was was being opened um, the Queen came to uh, you know officially you know, cut the ribbon and you know you, you may now look at the that's my Queen voice you may now look at the pictures but anyway, <laughs> yes. she came along with um, Prince, Prince Philip and I'd, I, I'd gone down early with a few colleagues um, and we were waiting for the Queen to arrive 
and some obviously some film crew, some some BBC Sky and whoever else were there to, to film the Queen arriving. And they were setting up their cameras and all the lights, etc. And they needed somebody to you know just pluck out the crowd to you know stand in a certain position where they were going to try and stop stop her from moment, film her, get shaking someone's hands, chatting, etc. Um I heard them talking and I just clearly went, I'll help because I that sort of person I am. All right, mate, go and stand over there then. And and so I did. So I had to walk from the entrance, first of all, walking, sort of gliding along this red carpet. Um, They told me off because I started waving like the Queen. She apparently wasn't the thing I should be doing. Um, (laughs) And then I stand and then I um, said, thank you very much. That's what it's I I was a standing for the Queen. Right, that sounds thoroughly plausible to me. I think you missed a trick, really, because you could have said, well, I knighted someone. Oh. <laughs> something like that. But, uh, no, that, that sounds totally plausible. So I think that's okay. true. So and what was the next one? Um, I'm colourblind. I can't see the colour beige or turquoise. Okay. I don't suppose there's anything more you can add to that. Not there? really, no. It was, I just, it, it was at school it got found out. Um, because it was one of those, it, was, it, it sounds daft, I know, but it was... It was doing art lessons at school. So this is you're talking what twenty five years ago this happened, and I, I could I can remember the class distinctly. So we we were we were we were sat in these rows and we were having to do I don't know why we were doing it some sort of colour. What do you call it? Like, like a, not like a rainbow, but you we were kind of we were looking at all the colours. Um, spectrum. Yeah, 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 kind of thing. And so we had all the colours and. So they go, okay, and they were so they were pointing them out to us, and we all had them on our desks, and they're saying, okay, you pick that one. And my teacher said to me, okay, Matthew, to take these ones, these ones, these ones, and beige and turquoise. And I picked up the beige and the turquoise sort of uh, colour sticks, I suppose they were. And I remember looking at them and go, oh, well, they're both the same, both really sort of a, bla- a bland, sort of grey, blacky colour. And the teacher sort of looked at me and went. Mm, no, that's turquoise and that's beige. And I went, no, they're not. I can't, there's no difference. They're grey, black. And anyway, I had to go and kind of have like a, a sight test and all this kind of stuff. And then it turns out that I can't see, I can't see those colours. It doesn't do, it doesn't really do me, you know, it's, it's, sort of, it's sort of a crippling disability in my life. It has to be said. Um, cause I don't often have much turquoise or beige in my life. But, um, yeah, I, I see it as kind of like a grey, a grey, black. Hmm, that's interesting because I know that red green colour blindness is fairly common. Mm. So um you know, people who can't see red or green and I nearly thought about withholding this piece of information because I thought this could come in handy in the future, but I won't. Because um, one of my sons actually has red green colour blindness. So oh. I know about that and I know that that's um yeah, maybe you can see if you can guess which one. No, I'm joking. Um <laughs> No, I won't say just in case he wouldn't appreciate me, no, me saying, but um, yeah, so I won't say which one. Maybe I'll Maybe I'll work it afterwards, yeah. <laughs> but um, I can't say, I don't know very much about colour blindness beyond red green colour blindness. Mm. So I'm, I'm holding that one back okay. at the moment before I make a decision. Okay. And, um, and what was the next uh, one? The other one is I once wanted, wanted to become a doctor, but the sight of blood makes yes. me queasy. So, we'll, um, hmm. How long ago was this? Um, I, I remember. Oh God, I must be a teenager. 
I think, when, when I sort of got this burning urge of really, probably 12 or 13 maybe, when I really wanted to, you know, go into, into doc, doctoring, um, uh, kind of like surgery, that kind of thing was, I thought it should be, it's great, yeah, I can help people, really get people fixed, as it were, change people's lives for the better, um, slight tinge of egotism in there maybe as well, I'll accept that, um, and yeah, it's fascinated me, and so my mum found, um, was it, yeah, oh no, it was my aunt, she'd found like, um, well, it was like a TV thing. It was not like How Should Help City. It was like a documentary, you know, where you like followed yeah. the hospital with hospitals round. And at one point, you actually saw like a, a broken bone and blood was everywhere. Ugh, and even now, I feel a bit talking about it. <laughs> and I was going, I can't, I can't uh, no. And that stopped my wonderful career as a surgeon that I was obviously going to have. Uh, dead in my tracks. <laughs> right. As, as it, it would. would. As I, it I, I, in all honesty, I would have made an awful surgeon. I'd have been no good at it and I wouldn't have had the patience or the temperament for it. I recognise that now, but as a slightly cocky 13-year-old, I um, I, I thought I knew it all. <laughs> well, you do at 13, don't you? I think we all knew it all at 13. Yeah. So um, it was going to be a toss-up between that and the colour blindness mm. one, but I think I've arrived at a conclusion because, um, and yeah, I'll explain why, because your um, doctoring Mm. story, (laughs) as you put it, that um, it was when you said, because my mum, no, no, it was my aunt. And I don't think you would have done that on purpose. So I think that's probably true. So I'm going for the colour blindness one. I think that's your diabolical lie. Damn it. You're correct. You're right. You know what that means? Yeah, but you know what this means. What's that? It means I'm a diabolical liar and you're not. (laughs) (laughs) The problem was, I I really hesitated because I did think it was my aunt that had told me about this documentary and I thought, I thought, I mustn't lie about that. I mustn't lie about it. I I thought the whole point of the exercise was to tell a lie. Yeah, I know. It's it's difficult not to lie when you're telling the truth. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yes, but, but, but to be fair, yeah, that whole the whole story about the um the the uh, turquoise and beige that was I I will confess an utter lie. That bit was a lie. Um, I, I can see turquoise and beige perfectly well. Yes, it was it was a nice it's story fun. though about being at school and getting it wrong and having a sight test. Yeah. Like, I, I, I made that up at the moment. That's quite worry. <laughs> It was very good, though. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed by your honesty, actually. I'm, I'm, I can't not tell the truth. It's, it's, it's no, no, actually, as a, a slight aside, I have to say that my two eldest sons, when they were youngsters, they were very young, and um, Robert could not tell a lie to save his life. He really, really? couldn't. He would have a try at it. And no, you know, he'd cave in straight away. He just couldn't do it. Jim, on the <laughs> other hand, he could lie through his teeth with the straightest. Really? <laughs> he was really good at it. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a horrible child, far from it. You know, he was very um, mischievous, I think. So his character is still pretty much like that. But he because Brian, my lad, I mean, he's only 10, yeah. but he can lie if he wants to really, really well. 
you know, I, I, I can read him pretty well, so I, I can sometimes catch him out tonight because I can see his body language and sometimes he looks, he knows I can't stand lies. I, I can't stand lies. Right. And right. so he, because he knows how passionate I'm about it, he, he sometimes starts squirming. I think, okay, why? Well, this is a bit of a falsehood here. <laughs> but there, there was once he, something had happened at school, I think, that he didn't quite want me to know about. And I found out about it from one of the teachers. I gave him every chance to sort of come clean. He didn't. But he was so straight faced. Right. Yeah. No, no, I didn't do it. No, it wasn't me. No, I didn't have it. No. <laughs> and if I hadn't known the truth, I would have believed him. I would have absolutely gone, oh, right, boy, that's fine. I can't take your trip. You know, and yeah. that was frightening. How how good it, I thought, God, you've beaten me on that one. Yep. Yeah, I know that well. And actually, I must say that Richard, and you know how honest and straightforward yeah. Richard is, but when he was in infant school, he came home from school one day and he said, um, um, I didn't have any dinner today. So I said, didn't you? Why is that? Weren't you hungry? So he said, no, he said, they didn't make us any dinners. So I said, why? What happened? So he said, um, the kitchen was broken, was the way he put it. So I said, so you had nothing to eat? So he said, well, we had some sandwiches. They made us sandwiches. So I said, oh, well, that's something. So I said, what did you have in the sandwich? And he said, jam. So, so I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to school tomorrow. Jam sandwiches mm. for lunch. That's not good enough. <laughs> you pay his lunch money and everything. And it was a while later when I discovered that was all completely untrue. He'd had a school dinner, oh usual, but, but he had just gone off on a flight of fancy and imagined that he'd had jam sandwiches. Where, where did that come from? It can find sometimes. It fascinates kind of, yeah. this kind of almost need or this ability just to go black is white, up is down. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't understand. You're like, Nothing, nothing bad is going to happen to you if you just tell me the truth now. No, no. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, it's it's strange and interesting, but um, still, I suppose the conclusion that we've drawn from today's little exercise is: I am a diabolical yes. liar, and you are as pure as the driven snow when it comes. To telling and I'm a moral one because I put down one of mine that about right. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. For God's sake. That, oh dear, oh dear, that's classic. <laughs> and on that happy note. note, I think the time has come to say goodbye. And um, we'll hopefully you'll listen to us again next time, folks, if you can put up with all this tomfoolery. But we do talk about serious things as well sometimes. I have yeah, to say that. that. That's yeah. true. So until next time, it's goodbye. And it's goodbye me. from her. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.